You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 132, Chips and Salsa, When Good Becomes Bad, part two. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're talking about chips and salsa. If you um, if you just got a hold of this show, you've got to go back and listen to the first chips and salsa show. But I know one thing for sure: if you listened last week, the odds are that you you uh, went out to eat this week and you had some chips and salsa. And hopefully, the first show uh, really came into focus. If you just joined us, uh, go ahead and listen to that part one. Uh, but we're going to continue on this week with looking at a little bit deeper the the consequences of eating the chips and salsa before the chimichanga and how full you get and how disappointed you oftentimes are when you go out to eat and you fill up on the appetizer rather than the main meal. Hey, but let me just take a moment to thank you for joining the show every week. And the response that I'm getting from you is really, really powerful. Uh, I appreciate you going to um, iTunes and uh, all the different sources where the where the podcast is available and ranking the show and leaving show notes that that actually helps quite a bit with the algorithm. If you if you enjoy the show, if you don't enjoy the show, uh, go have some chips and. So it's not kidding. But please, I, I thank you for doing that. And I'm very, very grateful. And I look forward every week to getting uh, together with you and sharing, uh, you know, the good things of the Lord and, and some of the details of becoming an activated disciple. That is my latest book, The Activated Disciple with Ascension Press. You can get it at Ascension Press or Amazon, anywhere. And it's really a very practical guide to. Uh, changing the shape of your day and walking with Christ, listening to his voice, coming to know him, and, uh, and being obedient and sharing Christ with, with anyone. I am a, I am a, a huge believer that, that we all can share Christ with anybody, anywhere. It is so simple. And I talk about that on a number of podcasts in the past on the Kerygma, a cup of Kerygma is one of them. But in the book, there's a whole chapter on that. So I encourage you, if you want to take your, your faith to the next level, uh, get the book, The Activated Disciple. And uh, it's doing really well right now, and we're getting some good comments from it. Well, last week we talked about chips and salsa when good becomes bad, and using the basic analogy of going to a, a restaurant, in this case it's an, a Mexican restaurant, uh, most likely, and, and you walk in and they set down a, uh, a basket of chips and a bowl of salsa, and you grab the menu and you start looking at what you came to eat, but when you know it, you fill up on chips and salsa, you even have a couple of baskets, even knowing I, sh- I probably shouldn't be doing this because I want to save room for the enchiladas, and you do it anyway, and you get full on the non-essentials. You get full on the things that uh, don't mean as much to you as, um, uh, you know, like, for example, I was thinking about this since last week, and um, and I was thinking, you know, how many times in our life do we, we long for things or to improve ourselves in some way, when what we're really, really desiring deep inside is unity with God and peace with God 
and um, harmony, you know, with, with God, to walk with God like Adam and Eve did in the garden. Well, what broke up Adam and Eve's nice walk or stroll in, in the garden with God back in Genesis was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which had on it three things which are really good, but um, not essential, right? They're not essential to our lives. In fact, in their case, they were told not to indulge in that, but to uh, freely eat in moderation from all the other trees in the garden. And, and those three things on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil were things that were beautiful, things that were tasty, and things that would make one wise. Um, that, th- those are dangerous. Those are, those are dangerous things. And while we don't necessarily have this, this uh, specific tree in our, in our lives, we have aspects of that tree in our lives that are things that are beautiful that we, we should not be indulging in, things that are tasty that, that we should not be you know, indulging in, and, and things that will make one wise, or the self-improvement thing, and, and uh, those are things that we don't want to totally focus on. Well, this week I want to talk about uh, going a little bit deeper here, and, and how this focus on the chips and salsa is so dysfunctional, you know, how it leads us into a dysfunctional life. Uh, I ask myself the question, why don't I wa- walk with the mind of Christ? Because we have been given, according to Paul, the mind of Christ. Why don't we walk with the mind of Christ? And I, I've concluded, at least in my own life, and maybe you find it to be true as well, that I have other things on my mind. <laughs> Why don't I walk with the mind of Christ? Well, frankly, I have other things on my mind, you know, today. Like what? Well, some beautiful things and some tasty things and some things that will make me a fantastic person, you know. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons we don't have the mind of Christ is because our mind is occupied by, by chips and salsa rather than what we're really called to do. Runaway appetites truly do have consequences, don't they? And, and what, are, what are some of the manifestations of, of a runaway appetite or, or focusing just on chips and salsa in a world where we're, we're really called to think about eternal things, things above and not just things below here on earth? Well, some of the ramifications, one is the relationship with God. We see that after Adam and Eve indulged in, the, in Genesis 3, uh, in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, what happened with their relationship with God? Well, uh, they hid from him, right? Remember, they hid from him, and, and God said, where are you? And uh, he had to go looking for them. Uh, the relationship with others also changed. They became utilitarian. Uh, we use people to fill our void in our lives. and This happens so often with people on the internet with likes, right? Uh, it's interesting because I I just heard a story about uh, Facebook is talking about taking away the likes because they said that it is mentally not healthy for people, and particularly in the study, young women. Isn't that interesting? So uh, our relationship with with one another is changed when when we um, start to indulge in the beautiful, the tasty, and the things that make us wise and better. And so we start looking at other people in a utilitarian way. How can you make me happy? Now that our our will is weakened and our reason darkened after the fall and we struggle with concupiscence, the relationship becomes actually very, very more complex with one another. And it changes our relationship to creation. Big buzzword, global warming, what's happening in the world today. 
um, with our relationship with uh, creation. I was reading the other day about this vast wasteland in the middle of the ocean about the size of Texas filled with plastic and garbage. Well, the, the, this desire for tasty and beautiful things, the things that make us wise, results in quite a lot of waste, quite a lot of waste. I uh, got a, a Starbucks the other day, and I guess they're doing away with the straws. Good thing. Uh, created the top of their of their uh, nitro coffee. But anyway, it changes the relationship to creation from stewards to what? Exploiters and possessors. And we now find our meaning in the things of the flesh, the things that are simply beautiful, and the things that uh, lead to personal advancement in our own lives. Very shallow. Very temporal, very empty. The bottom line is that now we have a major problem. And one of the problems uh, that we face now when, when uh, we focus on the chips and salsa rather than the chimichanga, we focus on the temporal things of this world rather than the, the meal, the Eucharist, the relationship with God, those things that we're, we're really called to, is that possessions uh, not only define us, but they divide us. This pursuit of the beautiful and the tasty and things that make us wives, that wise, they, they start to now define us. We define ourselves based on these things, and they divide us. They divide us. Let me give you a story, real quick story here. This is it's a true story. Uh, I started buying books when I was in fourth grade. I got a hold of a book. I think it was fourth grade. Um it was uh, called Coyote for Keeps. It was one of the books that really got me going reading, along with a, a great story, My Side of the Mountain. And uh, there were a number of other books, um, The Last of the Mohicans and, and some others. Anyway, I started to read books, and I was fascinated with books because books gave me a gateway into another world. I could, I could go anywhere. I could meet anybody. I found that books were just fascinating, you know? And um, I started to mow lawns and shovel driveways in Minnesota, and every penny that I got, I would buy books. Well, as I got older and I turned 18, I, I had this conversion experience with the Lord, and I started buying all kinds of theological books. To make a long story short, it was about, I don't know, 10 years ago. I had close to, I think, maybe 8,000 books in my library, something like that, and and it was kind of neat, you know, because I, I I couldn't resist a good title, and I I had to build more bookshelves. Not only was my office filled with books, the hallway outside of my office was filled with books. I had books upstairs in the bedroom, in other rooms, and oftentimes friends would come over and they'd look at my library and they'd say, "Wow, look at all these books!" And they would ask the question, "Did you read all these?" Well, I wanted to say yes. But I had, I had not read all those books, but I couldn't resist a good title in collecting and accumulating books. And then one day, I was looking at all these books, a source of pride, and I thought to myself, it was a come-to-Jesus moment, it was an honest moment, and I looked at these books and, and I said, you know what? And they were all categorized, by the way, by topics. And I thought to myself, you know, I am not going to read all these books and so I, I felt very, very moved I was by the Lord to divest myself of many of these books. 
And I went through them, and it must have taken me, I don't know, two or three weeks to go through all of the books. And I, I started to divide them up into piles of books that were really a help to me. And, and this was my calling in life, this topic, the Bible, love, suffering, simplicity. I, there, there were topics that I felt the Lord had given me in my life, and I kept those, and I gave away so many books to the seminary, books on topics that I knew I will never become. And I realized as I looked myself in the, in the library mirror, Jeff, you bought these books based on who you thought you would become. You're giving them away based on who you are. But my point is this, is that the books began to define me, but it was a false definition. These books do not define me. I am defined by Jesus Christ. I'm defined by my Heavenly Father. I'm defined by truth, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we are not defined by what makes us beautiful. We are not defined by what what is tasty. And we are not defined by what is going to make us this great individual. You know, wisdom and knowledge and insight and everything. That's not how I'm defined. Strip all that away from me, from you, and you have someone who is eternally valuable with nothing You are eternally valuable because you're created in the image and likeness of God. So not only do possessions not define us, but they they do divide us. You might remember back in Genesis chapter 13, Lot and Abraham. It says, so that, it said the land could not support both of them. Uh, dwelling together for why? Why Why wouldn't it support both of them? If you've been over to Israel, it's a pretty good-sized land, even though it's not a big country. How come it wouldn't support Lot and uh, his uncle Abraham? It says, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together, right? Let me ask you a question. Are your possessions so great that you you can't live as a family? How many storage bins do you need? How many storage lockers are you contemplating, right? Uh, Our things, our, our possessions can be so great that we can't live together. Or our pursuit of possessions and things is so great that we can't live together in harmony and peace as brothers and sisters because we're constantly thinking about what's beautiful, what's tasty, and what makes us wise. In Genesis 36, uh, Jacob and Esau, remember that story, it says their possessions were too great for them to dwell together. The land of their sojourning could not support them because of their cattle. Too much stuff. Too much stuff, and the stuff begins to divide us. It begins to create space between us. You know I'm right. You know it. I know it. I've experienced this, and this often happens with families, with siblings, that their stuff, their stuff becomes too much, and they cannot get along. Good things don't define us. Rather, God defines us. All right, God defines us. Wow! If you know, if you if you think about that, um, think about the early church in the Book of Acts. I'll put this in the show notes. By the way, if you don't get the show notes, again, send me an email with the subject line show notes. Email is thejeffcavenshow at ascensionpress.com. I'll give you all the notes for every show automatically. Think about the early church when the Holy Spirit was poured out. They sold possessions. They divested themselves possessions. They sold them. 
They lived as one. They came together. They got closer. You see, possessions in common united them. And that's because the possessions were serving a greater purpose than themselves. The possessions were serving the community, one another, their family. Isn't that beautiful? I think that that's, that, that, that's just absolutely beautiful. Now, I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I want to give you uh, a little bit of a warning from Solomon and then a solution to this problem. Chips and salsa, is that all you're having? Or is everything in moderation and you are actually focused on the real meal, the real spiritual chimichanga? I'm Jeff Cavins, and this is The Jeff Cavins Show. Imagine this. You're walking down the street and a Christian at a table with a bunch of pamphlets asked you, have you been saved? What would you do? Would you know how to respond? Hi, I'm Dr. Andrew Swafford, and I'm co-presenter along with Jeff Cavins in Ascension's new Great Adventure Bible Study, Romans, the Gospel of Salvation. In this study, we teach you the biblical foundations for the Catholic teaching on salvation, how to explain salvation quickly and easily to non-Christians, what St. Paul really meant by works not leading to salvation, and how we can enter more deeply into Christ. Paul's letter to the Romans has been at the center of reflection, conversion, and controversy from the very beginning, and it's widely considered his greatest work. I invite you to start a small group in your home or parish and embark on this great adventure. Romans, the Gospel of Salvation is available for pre-order right now and for purchase on September 1st, 2019. To order, visit ascensionpress.com. Welcome back. Talking about enchiladas and chimichangas and tacos and refried beans and fried rice, everything. Uh, We're talking about getting too full on chips and salsa so we can't enjoy the meal. And we've been talking about possessions on on this particular episode. And one of the great warnings for us is... King Solomon. Now, King Solomon was the second, or the, he was the third king of Israel, and uh, uh, he had everything at his disposal. But his life is a cautionary tale. Solomon, Solomon's overindulgence was associated with disobedience, just like Adam and Eve clear back in the Garden of Eden. It says in 2 Chronicles 1, verse 11, that Solomon prayed and he asked for wisdom and not things. And God gave him wisdom to rule the people, right? But in 1 Kings chapters 10 through 12, we see that possessions actually became his downfall as a king. And uh, he was warned not to have much gold, chariots, many wives. He broke all those in spades, and it was his downfall. And Solomon, of all people, should have known better, right? He should have known better. He was so wise. Now, Psalm Psalm 49 and verse 10 tells us that both the wise and the stupid leave possessions to others. (laughs) There's no U-Haul to heaven, right? Proverbs 28 and verse 7, He who keeps the law is a wise son, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. Now, one of the things that we need to do and we need to learn uh, uh, when it comes to chips and salsa and the real meal is we need to learn the lesson that's given to us in in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 in verse 19. Ecclesiastes is this story of Solomon who had everything, tried everything, found no satisfaction in any of it, 
and he concluded that it was really all about God and his relationship with God. And he makes a comment, Kohelet makes a comment, Ecclesiastes 5.19, and it's very important for us to get, and it says this, everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is a gift of God. Listen to that again, because it's it, you don't get it when you just suddenly uh, you know, read it really, really quick. It says, Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them. See, God gives us the ability to enjoy things as well. It's part of wisdom. And I think one of the problems that we face is that we don't know how to enjoy our stuff. We don't know how to enjoy our stuff. But God gives power to enjoy. Would you like that power to enjoy some of the things of this world? I do. I think it's a great gift from God to have a tasty meal. I think it's a great gift of God to enjoy beauty. I think it's a great gift of God to enjoy uh, wisdom and growing as human beings. But if that is your chips and salsa, and that's all there is, you're not going to be fulfilled. You see, we don't know how to enjoy chips and salsa. We just eat and eat and eat. Have a few chips. The real meal's coming. It's God who gives us the power to enjoy what he gives us. And enjoyment is not necessarily spending it on yourself. There is a way to enjoy the things of the earth, but it's according to God's will. Now, our tendency is to go overboard, the extra helping. <laughs> you're going to think about you're going to think about this every time you go to a Mexican restaurant after this. That's my prayer is that every time chips and salsa is put down in front of you, you're going to think about me and you're going to think about this message and say, "Okay, let's enjoy this in moderation and let's translate this into real living." If you're with someone, start the conversation. Honey, you're married, say, "Honey, I hope our whole life isn't chips and salsa. I hope that we can enjoy a few of these chips, a little bit of salsa, but I hope we can save room for the real deal, the real meal. The interesting thing is that the more we indulge, the more we don't enjoy it. Chips and salsa? You see, Israel wanted more, and when they got more, when they got more meat, remember that story? Oh, let me just let me read that story to you. It's in Numbers 11, real quick. This is the one where they, they, they wanted more meat. Oh, they got more meat. <laughs> it says in Numbers 11, and uh, I'll put it in the show notes, it's 18 through 20. And say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow and you shall eat meat, because they wanted meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat and you shall eat You shall not eat one day, or two days, or five days, or ten days, or twenty days, but a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wept before him, saying, Why did we come forth out of Egypt? (laughs) That's a great, that's a great quote. We don't know how to enjoy the things of this earth without temperance and prudence. Not saying, uh, don't enjoy, enjoy, but with moderation. Freedom 
without temperance. Meat equals meat coming out of your nostrils. Freedom without temperance means you're stuffed to the gills on chips and salsa. Prudence and temperance. You know what prudence is, right? Prudence is being able to make decisions based on the desired outcome. You know where you want to be at the end of your life. Make proper decisions. That's prudence. Prudence and temperance. You know where you want to end up. At the end of the night, you don't want to be walking out of there or rolled out of the restaurant. You want to go out feeling satisfied, a nice night with your bride, your friend. Prudence and temperance are, are, are what we need to focus on. Prudence to think rightly. How do you go forward from where you are at? And temperance to have, have things in moderation and balance. We don't live to eat, but we eat to live. Ecclesiastes 5.10, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth will gain with gain. This also is vanity. Mm -hmm. Lots of wisdom here, isn't there? There's a cost for this overindulging, and you know that. Uh, Real quickly, you know, you've got Matthew 19, the rich young ruler, remember him? The rich young man, rather. He was so sad. Why? Because he couldn't let his possessions go. Jesus said, the guy said, what do I need to do? I've done all the commandments. Jesus said, sell what you have and give to the poor. Come follow me. Oh, it made him sad. No, no. Eve's sin, what it cost her? Walking with God. In the New Testament, in James chapter 4, says we desire and do not have, so we kill and covet. See, it affects our relationship with each other and our environment. Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, we can't serve God and Mammon, there must be a letting go. There must be a letting go. Let's talk about the solution real quick, shall we? Um, I think we've talked a little enough about chips and salsa. What is the solution? Well, number one, realize that you're defined by your relationship with God. You're not defined by the things of this world. Maintaining is a matter of of obeying God in matters of relationship with each other, relationship with creation, most of all, a relationship with God himself through Jesus Christ. And so we, we have to shake ourselves out of this pattern of, of defining ourselves with chips and salsa. And we have to begin to pursue God. That is where our relationship is really defined. That's who we are. Number two, we have to change our relationship with these things. We do. Uh, When we go out to eat at the Mexican restaurant, we cannot go there thinking that it's the chips and salsa solely that we're going for. We really are going for the chimichanga. Now, I know what you're going to write me and say, Jeff, I don't even like Mexican food. Well, Fine, but you know what I'm talking about. We have to change our relationship with things. We go from being uh, possessors to stewards, right? Stewardship versus possessing. And uh, read Matthew 24, a great parable there uh, about a steward who was set over the master's possessions. Our possessions seen properly are God's possessions, and we are his stewards, we're his stewards. An example, um, I could think of so many different examples of, like you have a car. Uh, if you have a car, you probably take care of it pretty well. But if the Pope called you 
and said, I want you to take care of the Popemobile for the next month, you'd probably take care of that a little bit better than even your own car. Why? Because of who it belongs to. It's the Pope's. It's the same thing with possessions. They're not yours. They belong to God. And so we take care of them. We take care of them. We need to hold things loosely as stewards, don't we? Uh, We need to recognize that the true wealth uh, that God is offering us um, goes through a filter of temporal wealth, and that we're not going to stop there and grasp it, but we're really going to grasp for the eternal things. We're going to grab a hold of them, not grasp for the temporal. So we need to change our relationship with the things of this world and do what Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Uh, Let me end with just a couple scriptures, my friend. John 4, you know it. It's the woman at the well. Do you remember what uh, she went there looking for water? Remember that? She went there looking for water, but Jesus showed up and, and he gave her living water. You show up looking for chips and salsa, that's what you're going to get. But God is offering you the chimichanga. He's offering you something greater than the appetizer. And a greater, uh, greater water, that's what she received. But listen carefully, the world gives us a bucket to draw from the well, and that bucket has a string that's a foot too short. Empty promises. Can't get the job done. You'll see it on TV. You'll hear it on radio. You'll see it on the web. A bucket with a string, a foot too short. God is the one who can give you what you're really, really desiring. So in conclusion, do what Paul said to the Colossians. He said in Colossians 3, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are a beautiful child of God, a daughter of God, a son of God with amazing potential. You're living in the kingdom of heaven and you are eternity bound. Don't get caught in the quicksand of this world. Let me pray for you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for for calling us to a a, a greater life. You're calling us up above to the eternal life. Lord, help us to learn how to enjoy the things of this world without being caught up in them. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes focused on you. Help us to enjoy a couple of chips, knowing you've got something far greater. I thank you for doing this in your mighty name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. My friend, pray for me. I'm going to pray for you this week. And please know this, I love you, and I love being together with you on these podcasts. God bless you, and have a great week. Thank you.